You're listening to Environmentally Speaking, a weekly podcast diving into legal matters surrounding the environment, public utilities, energy, zoning, and permitting laws in Rhode Island and the surrounding areas with your host, Marissa Desitel. Hello, everybody. This is Environmentally Speaking. I am Marissa Desitel, an environmental attorney here in Rhode Island. Hey, everybody. I am back. I am Clarice. I'm coming in with questions, topics, and comments. And after two weeks off, I don't know. I'm feeling a little rusty. I was going to say <laughs> you're looking a little rusty. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. And also, I'm being trite with you because I am fairly unhappy with something that you did not do. There was a okay. recent episode where all I did was sniff because of my allergies. And it was the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life. It's incumbent upon you to tell me if I'm being annoying. It's never been a problem before. I'm just thinking of the listener. Is the listener going to want to hear me call you out? Yes. Okay. Listeners, let me know. Do you want me to call her out? I mean, you called me out for recycling. I get it together for everything. Grab your tissues, put yourself on mute. I've got, I've, I've got a fancy new headset here so I can mute myself because the sniffing was like trying to go to dinner with a baby crying next to you. I will do my best (laughs) to not sniff throughout this episode. And I apologize for that performance. I know we've got a pretty um, racy topic to talk about today. And in fact, it came from a listener, right? It did. Yeah. Great. Some, somebody wrote in as a follow-up to our recent solar energy episode, and they asked, can you recycle solar panels? Aren't they considered hazardous or toxic waste? And I thought that was a really interesting question and did a little bit of a deep dive into what are solar panels made of? Are there regulations? Can you recycle them? How do you recycle them? It was a busy morning. I'm not surprised that this question came in. It's something that I've heard many, many times before regulatory agencies and municipal boards and councils. It's a, it's a fair question. Um, and before we, we get into it, though, I just wanted to point out that we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Clean Water Act this year. Last episode, we had Elisa Richardson come in. She's a stormwater engineer. And uh, I just wanted to say congratulations to the United States for doing its best to, uh, to provide clean and safe drinking and drinking water and, and waters to navigate in, in terms of kayaking and swimming. So just kind of, for me, I, I like to geek out about this type of stuff. Um, the Clean Water Act has been in place for 50 years, which is not a lot of time when you think about how long humans have been um, civilized, so to speak. There were efforts before the Clean Water Act to improve water quality in the United States, but it wasn't until 1972 that the what we now know as the Federal Clean Water Act came into effect. So just wanted to share that little tidbit of information. Yeah, happy 50th. On. Happy 50th. And if you ever pass by somebody who is significantly older than 50, stare at them in awe. They lived in a time when water was dirty all you the time. It. They made it. You guys made it. Right. Back when seatbelts were just a twinkle in someone's eye. And you could smoke on an airplane. All the time. <laughs> all right. Let's get into this solar panel. Yes. Let's talk about Issue. solar panels. So the big question is, are they hazardous to recycle? Are they toxic? And of course, Marissa, what is our favorite legal answer? Depends. Yep. It depends. 
there is no hard and fast rule on are all panels hazardous or toxic or only some. It depends on who's manufacturing the panels. But let's take a step back a little bit. Solar panels started gaining popularity in use in around the early 2000s. And your average solar panel has about 25 years of good use. And that's saying that everything's running, things are working great, there's no storms, there's no damage just from the nature of being outside you know, all the time. So now that most of our panels are coming up close to that 25 year lifespan, we are looking at internationally a projected 78 million metric tons of solar panels that are going to be retired. Not recycled. So far retired is the okay. full. That's the full panel. That's all the fixins, all of the, the stands that they're mounted on. That's the whole setup. Out of that, they're projecting that to equal 6 million tons of solar e-waste. Where's that going to go? We don't know. Here's the bad news. 1 million tons of that are projected to be U.S. alone. As of right now, the U.S. is the number two producer and user of solar panels. So Who's number one? I, it didn't say. It's got to be a, a European country. I They're think it might. A little bit. Sweden, I think the way that the article was Denmark. written, and I'll make sure to put all of the articles I referenced. I read from The Wire, EPA, Forbes, a couple other places. So we'll have those in the show notes if anybody wants to read them as well. Um, the way this article was written, it talked about the U.S. in comparison to Europe as a whole. So I'm not sure if they're separating it just by U.S. versus all of Europe when they say number one and number two. Okay. But that's a lot of waste coming in. That's a lot of waste coming in. Well, you know, I'm not surprised. <laughs> the same issue and discussion comes up when you're looking at and talking about offshore wind. As you know, Clarice, mm -hmm. our office does quite a bit of work with offshore wind advocating for those projects to move forward in an environmentally reasonable, sensitive, and responsible way. Unfortunately, those projects, in my opinion, are not moving forward <laughs> in a responsible way. They're moving forward very quickly without adequate study of the habitat that exists at the bottom of the ocean and impacts to that habitat. Part of those considerations includes what happens to the turbines and the infrastructure at the end of their useful life. Off the mm -hmm. top of my head, I'm not sure how long turbines are meant to operate for, but let's say it's 25 years just to compare it to a solar farm. Mm -hmm. The issue is, do the turbines and infrastructure and mounting pads remain in place? Or is there an opportunity for these developers to recycle and upgrade and maintain the infrastructure into the future? Or will there be a new renewable energy source in 25 years so that wind turbines are obsolete? These are questions that have no answer as far as I'm concerned. I've not heard a dialogue about it. All I know is that the projects are moving forward because we are at a crucial 
point in human history in terms of fossil fuels and needing to find a renewable energy source. I'll try not to get on my soapbox today about why that, that policy is so wrong, but I'll just leave it with this thought. Of course, there's no plan for these solar panels and wind turbines after their useful life because we waited too long to figure out a renewable energy policy and are now faced with having to get these projects online very quickly. Well, there's no across the board plan, but I did research. There are some plans. So there's a small glimmer of hope here. So when a solar panel has decommissioned is at the end of its life, there are ways to recycle them. And what I thought was the wire described a solar panel as a big technology sandwich, which I really enjoyed. It was basic metals on the outside, your glass. And then in the inside was all of the cellular technology, the silver, and some more, ha some potentially hazardous metals. Things like lead could be in there. Um, let me look back at my notes. Cadmium? I was just going to say cadmium. Am I saying God, that right? Genius. You are. <laughs> I always want to, I look at it and I want to call it calcium. No, not the calcium. here. <laughs> cadmium. So there's lead and cadmium in most solar panels, not all. Those are the problematic parts. So what recyclers can do is they can pull out the steel from the outside. They can pull out some of the glass. There's copper, there's aluminum, and they can recycle those but it's those inner workings that are problematic and have to go to a landfill. Well, wait a minute, not to be aggressive. When you say that some of the materials can be recycled, that doesn't mean that they will be recycled. No. I mean, you know, you can't even manage to recycle municipal waste. So I am how do you mission. expect a developer to agree 25 years from now to go in and remove certain components, but not others and properly recycle the cost you, associated with that. And the time associated with that is not bingo. That's the friendly. big problem. The cost associated. Yep. It costs equal amount, if not more to recycle these panels than the materials you're recovering. So from what I've read, on average, you'll get about $3 in recovered material off of a panel, but the process takes about $12 to $15 to do. So there's no incentive. It's not going to happen. It's not happening. You're right. So some things that are being done specifically in the EU, um, these are on smaller scales, trial periods, trying to figure out answers, not a mass common thing. Um, some people are trying to reuse small components and take a large solar panel, shrink them down and make a smaller panel. So a solar powered bike, something to power a streetlight, something to go on someone's shed for lighting versus the barn, shrinking down those, pulling out what things are not yet, what components are not yet out there end of the, at the end of their life. And just trying to reuse them in some fashion. Um, in the EU, they're also developing panels where that casing, that outer sandwich portion remains the same, 
but you can open it up and switch out the components inside. So you're reusing that, but then you still have the issue of, I've got this old dead middle. What do I do with that? So that's another thing that's going on. Um, there are people right now who are working on trying to figure out technology to efficiently pull out the silver and silicon that's inside. Because those, if you can extract them and purify them, are more, they're more valuable. So it'll make the reward for recycling a little better. Now, like I said at the top, these are bespoke processes. These are small scale. These are basically people just trying to figure out what we can do instead of what we have right now. It could become a thing. We don't know. It's still like panels themselves, kind of in their infancy. And there is, there is a little bit of a fail safe here. When these projects are being permitted at the municipal level, the municipality has the jurisdiction to require something called a decommissioning bond. Mm -hmm. And that basically means that you, the developer buys a bond today, which remains in place for the life of the project that the town can call in if let's say the developer goes bankrupt or who knows what happens in the future. The town can call in that bond to remove and decommission the solar panels itself if it needs to. So there's a little bit of an insurance policy there, but that doesn't cover the recycling issues that you've been talking about. Mm -mm. Some states have even gone as far as making recycling. They've actually put in regulations that manufacturers are required to recycle these panels at the end of their life. So they'll go back to the installation site. None of those states are in New England. Oh, and it's only a small handful. It's California, Hawaii, Jersey, North Carolina, and Washington. So five out of 50. Wow. So I, I think great. we'd want to advocate for that in Rhode Island and across the country. Mm -hmm. It will raise the cost and the price of these components, but the alternative is landfill waste, toxic, toxic waste, landfill waste. And we already know the landfill in Rhode Island is, I think, at 80% capacity. I'm not sure. I just, I pulled that percentage out of the air, but I know it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's high. Not a new facility. So yeah. it's a major concern. Yeah. So, I mean, in the end, are solar panels hazardous and toxic? It depends. It depends. Some are, some aren't. Some parts of the sandwich you can reuse. Some parts you just can't. Um, but ultimately, it is, we're coming up on a big problem. You know, 2025 is three years away. And that's, that's just a general time frame of when most of these panels aren't going to be used. That's not counting all of the ones that have already been decommissioned, have already received damage. Uh, we didn't even touch on those panels that are damaged due to storms and weather activity. If you have, say, or tornado that comes through and destroys a solar farm, you can't recycle those because now all of those pieces are literally mixed in with natural debris. They can't sweep it up and put rocks into the recycler. Yep. I can't even put plastic bags in the recycling. They're no. not going to take rocks. They're just not. Well, I feel, I feel a little better about you as a human <laughs> because of clearly the amount of research that you did on this topic. 
I have to redeem myself. Redemption. Yeah. I'm just going to start wearing recycling merch and, and things like that, just to promote the fact that I've changed. Good. But this was, thank you. Thank you for, to our listener who wrote in asking this question. Um, there's some glimmer of hope out in the EU. People are being really creative, whether or not we can take those creative plans and scale them for the mass 6 million tons of solar panels that are coming in. I don't know. But now we know a little bit more before we fill our fields. Great. And I think <laughs> you wanted to make... <laughs> I think you wanted to make a little bit of a, an announcement about the I next do. episode, right? Next week, we are going to be talking to Bob Ruley. He is a town planner. So um, we're excited the to town have of him. Warren. He works yes. in the town of Warren, which is a lovely community and is facing issues, major issues associated with sea level rise. So he's kind of the guy on the cutting edge right now that knows what the, the new policies are and what the new landscape is going to look like. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to talking to him next time. Yeah, I was, um, I'm happy that you reminded me of that. I was going to say, I'm looking forward to a slightly happier episode, um, but that's no. right. The town of Warren is, the sea Under level water. is rising. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast is not about happiness. This is about real factual information that is, relevant to the environmental field and the conditions of our planet. And it's pretty negative. It's not going so hot, but uh, on that note, if you have any questions that you'd want to send to Bob to talk more about the sea level rising general, what's it like to be a town planner? My town sent me this letter. Can you read it to me stuff? Um, You can reach us at help at desatelesq.com. We are on all of the socials at Desatel Law. You can email us like our lovely listeners do with their questions and comments. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Environmentally Speaking. If you're in need of an environmental attorney, we are here to help. Call us at 401-477-0023 or visit our website at www.desatellaw.com. That's www.desatellaw.com.